0: It was the sort of trite thing she liked. She had lapped up the poetry he had sent her, all about love and about death. He understood her so well. He was her soulmate, her first and only love. We don't belong in this world. You know it's the only way. Gulping, she nodded slowly, tears welling. Come, my darling, it's time. Clamping an arm around her, he marched her into the dimly lit interior of the church. The air was stale, damp, mingling with the stench of rotting flowers from wilted white roses and chrysanthemums placed at intervals along the aisle. He couldn't imagine why anyone would choose this church to be married in. It was a neglected place, unloved and unfrequented. Gemma allowed herself to be propelled towards the heavy-curtained archway near the pulpit, Behind was a long flight of stairs leading to the gallery high above the nave. As he pulled back the curtain, she stopped and peered up into the dark area above. It's so high, she said, drawing out the word high as if it were something shocking. He knew he was going to have trouble. He wanted to say that high was the whole point as she damn well knew. For a moment... He pictured her wheeling above him, spinning through the air, her black raincoat fanning out behind her like the wings of a huge crow. He felt almost feverish. Come on, I'm with you. He took hold of her wrist and started to drag her up the stairs. She tried to pull her arm away. You're hurting me, he let go. Sorry, my darling, I'm just feeling nervous, that's all. I've waited so long for this, for you. I'll follow you, shall I? He watched as she stumbled up the stairs. She wavered, then collapsed in a heap on the landing. Putting her head in her hands, her hair falling over her face and down her legs like a sleek brown cloak, she started to sob. Shit. This was all he needed. Somebody might hear. He wanted to jam his hand over her mouth, but he mustn't alarm her. He knelt down on the stair below her. We don't have to do it, you know. He took her tiny hands in his and peeled them away from her face. Look at me, Gemma. We'll do whatever you want. Really? I mean that. I love you. Slowly she opened her eyes and he rewarded her with one of his softest smiles. I don't want to, she whispered. She couldn't finish the sentence. Die. Die with me. Be mine forever. That's what he had said. He sat down on the step beside her, wrapping his arm tightly around her. He pulled her into him, cradling her head against his shoulder. Nor do I, my darling. Nor do I. Stroking her soft hair, he kissed the top of her head. Not now I've met you anyway. Do you feel that too? She nodded, pressing her head hard into his coat sleeve. You've saved me, you know, my little Gemma. Shall we do the ceremony anyway? Shall we exchange rings as we planned? She gave a squeak of assent, burying deep into him, nuzzling his shoulder like a kitten. She started as if stung by something. What's the matter? The note. I left a note like you told me. What happens when mum finds it? Don't worry. We can either get it back or... He let the sentence hang. You can come and stay with me. There's no way they'll find us. No way at all. She blushed. Come on, then, he said. I think you'll like the gallery. It's very private. A really special place. Nobody will bother us there. He stood up and helped her to her feet, barely able to contain himself. He took her by the hand and kissed it one last time, closing his eyes briefly as he pictured again what was to come. She was his. All his. He was sure. There was no justice in life. D.I. Mark Tartaglia gazed through the glass porthole of the door to the intensive care room where his boss, D.C.I. Trevor Clark, was stretched out in bed, at the center of a spaghetti junction of wires and tubes. He'd been in a coma ever since the accident, his head held fast in a clamp to protect his injured spine. Thank God he'd been wearing a helmet and proper clothing when he came off his motorbike. But the prognosis wasn't good. Sally Ann, Clark's fiancé, sat by the bed, head bowed.